Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And now it's time for the Bet Rivers Sportsbook pregame show with Score Morning Show co-host Molly from the Molly and Haw Show, Bears long snapping Iron Man Patrick Manley, and legendary Bears center Olin Krutz on Sports Radio 670 The Score and Odyssey Station. Brought to you by Bet Rivers Sportsbook, official sportsbook of the Chicago Bears. Download the Bet Rivers Sportsbook app today. game it's the afternoon we've got Patrick Manley Olin Krutz we've got a Bears what is it now is this the fifth game are we past the halfway point mother of God fantastic stuff Patrick good morning how are you sir I'm good great in that socks uniform you got on there (laughs) it's for the blackout we got the blackout I know I know I love it I love it yeah I should need a little uh, help right now I, I should get my black hat on. I don't know why I'm uh, going with the 70s hat, but uh, or 80s hat, I guess. Uh, look, we sit here this morning, and Justin Fields, I mean, Pat, what mm-hmm. an adventure this week has been. Were oh. you strapped on the roller coaster as, uh, as we got all the answers from Matt Nagy from, from the end of the Detroit game to this? Yeah, I was. And I just, Molly, I just, I'm shocked at how it transpired all week to, to, I think we all were hoping that Justin Fields would be named the starter, but I just thought they went about it a weird way, you know, talking about Andy Dalton still the starter if he's healthy. I mean, come on, Justin Fields in his second NFL start won an NFL game as a rookie. Not many people get to do that. You know, that says a lot that he won a game as a rookie. So to me, when I saw that last week, I'm like, he's the starter. He has to be the starter. This guy's the future. This guy's the franchise. Let's move forward with it. And I just think he bumbled it and just uh, didn't deal with it properly and, you know, now the decision's finally done, and I think he made the right decision. Let's just see what happens going forward. Does that matter to a team when, when communication is confusing, right? I mean, mm-hmm. it, you know, we always talk about the NFL. It's a people business. It's a communication business. Does that, does that annoy people? Does that get under people's skin? Do, do, do teams, team, do your ex-teammates, do people understand that in the locker room when it gets weird? It, yeah, you feel it. You feel it a lot. You know, you talk to your neighbors, you talk to people, you, you watch and read media. So you, you know what's going on. But as long as the the message is proper in Hallis Hall, it makes it easier for the guys. But when it's not, you don't know what's going on. So you're like, all right, do I just do my job? What's going on with the season? What are we doing with the quarterback? Who's playing next to me? All that kind of stuff. But as long as they can make sure inside Hallis Hall, that decision is is understood and clear, that makes it a lot better. I don't know if that's the way it was in Hallis Hall, but 
I'll tell you, if I was on that team, I would want to know who my starting quarterback is. I would like to know the direction of the season. I'd like to know the direction of the team. And, you know, now it's about Justin Fields. Like I said, this is this is about develop. You want to win games, obviously. Right. But this is about developing Justin Fields and hopefully win games on the way and, and, and get yourself in a position to make playoff runs in the future. Yeah. I, and I you know, we talked about it last week about this idea that, you know, through all of the kind of uh, terrible uh, public relations crisis and all of the uh, all of the national experts calling for the head coach's <laughs> job. The Bears are indeed two and two. Um, mm-hmm. They are heading to the Raiders. This is a good football team. This is not a, an easy game by any stretch, and it's the beginning of a very difficult stretch uh, in their program. But uh, but you would think that uh, that this is probably a chance if you can get ahead here, maybe you can stay ahead. Yeah, this is a good test. You know, like, like we said, they beat the Lions last week, and I picked the Lions to win. I thought they were going to play better than than they did. Obviously, they bungled the a few snaps in the uh, the red zone and, and help wow. the Bears out, but um, this is a good Raiders team. This is, but they have they have issues. They have issues at the O line. They have uh, DBs that are out uh, in the in the cornerback position. So this is a good test for the Bears. It's a better it's a better test than it was last week. But uh, going out to Oakland or not Oakland? Excuse me, Las Vegas. I know I'm going to say it about a million times. Going out to <laughs> Las Vegas. This is going to be a good test, though. This is a good football team that they can put up points offensively. I think we'll probably talk about it later. Their slow starts that they have, but. This, this is a big test, but here, here's the problem, Mully. The Bears are without their, their identity. Their identity is two players to me, David Montgomery and Akeem Hicks. And I, I think the loss of Akeem Hicks is bigger than David Montgomery. That's just my opinion. I think he's, he's the key guy on that defensive line to stop the, uh, stop the other team in their rushing attack. You know, the Raiders right now, they're not big into rush, uh, running the ball. They've been throwing the ball everywhere with Derek Carr. But I think today is a game where their game plan is to come out with Josh Jacobs and, and run the ball and try to run it down the Bears' throats with uh, Akeem Hicks out. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. And I think that I, you know, Pat, I think we know when a big man has a groin injury, that's a tough injury. And he left mm-hmm. after the first play last week. And you thought, oh boy, you know, is there any way he's going to be able to get through this? I got to be honest with you. I thought if he flies to Vegas, then he gives it a go in the pregame, and a guy like that is a total pro and will try to be out there. The fact mm-hmm. that he's not on the plane tells you that it's a more serious injury maybe than, than we understood, and, uh, and you're absolutely right. I, I guess my only hope is that Eddie Jackson kind of needed a game. You know what I mean? They say that yeah. in, in horse racing, that horse needed the race. He hasn't run in a long time. I don't know if that works with football. Correct. But I'm hoping that, that Eddie Goldman is a significantly better player than he was a, a, a week ago. Yeah, he didn't, he didn't show up last week. I think, I think the first play last week he got beat, and from then on he just he didn't look right. He didn't look like the same Eddie Goldman. But, I, but you're right. I hope that you know, that one game, getting back out there and playing, he hadn't played in a while. Obviously, practice tempo is different. Camp tempo is different. Um, hopefully he can fill that void a little bit. But I just don't see him filling it. I mean, Akeem Hicks is that guy. He's, he's the identity of that defense. He's the uh, the matchup nightmare for every other team in the NFL. So I I, I just don't see um, Eddie coming in and filling those shoes to to, the, to Akeem Hicks's point. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's tough. Um, okay, so so we know that we are presented by Bet Rivers, the official sports book of the Chicago Bears. Download the Bet Rivers app today. Uh, the pregame show we're all about uh, figuring out what is going to happen during the course of this game. Um, let's start with you, Olin. 
what does the what does the game under the belt for Justin Fields, the starting game under the belt, what does the change of uh, offensive play caller to Bill Lazor, what does that mean now that they're on the road again? I mean, I think we all want to kind of have, like, you know, hit the ground and crawl out of the room at the, at the idea of that Cleveland game. But how do you avoid any repeat of that? And is it as simple as, uh, as having a change in play caller? Yeah, well, good morning, fellas. Uh, thanks for covering um, my uh, – <laughs> The Chicago Marathon's going on, like you guys know. Congrats to the people who are finished, the people who are running it. My wife just got done with it. Uh, congrats oh. to her. Uh, amazing as usual. But like I told her down there, obviously the credit, it all goes through me. I'm happy she finished, <laughs> but we all know where that starts, right? I mean, you've ran the marathon, but guys, look, this all goes through me. So, uh, anyway, <laughs> um, as far as your question, Molly, look, the, a big question mark obviously is, these Bears versus somebody better than the Lions, right? The Lions are not a very good football team. The Bears have not been a good football team versus playoff caliber teams. Now, the Raiders are 3-1. and one. They look very good uh, against the Chargers, but still a better team than the Lions on the road, silent count, all the communication problems, Pat, that that causes for a rookie quarterback. Uh, we have to see them perform there. And look, my big question, I don't know if you guys agree with this, I, I don't. I think Fields would be pretty good. This coaching staff. Look, Bill Lazor. He does better job than Matt Nagy, but his history doesn't say he's a good play caller, right? So mm-hmm. we have to see this coaching staff develop this young quarterback and continue the success uh, throughout the season that maybe we saw a little bit against the Lions. Yeah, Owen. I've been asked questions by people. You know, it's, you want to win every game, but let's let's say if we're in the locker room and we're with Justin Fields, what are you thinking about? Um, developing him, knowing like the futures, you know, it's, it's about the future, right? It's about Justin Fields in the future, and it's it's about the, the the greater good for the Chicago Bears. What are your feelings right now if you're in that locker room and and you know that Justin Fields is? I don't know if he gives you the best chance to win, but it's about him right now. What's your feelings about that? Yeah, it's it is it is about him, and, and I'm I'm okay with that. I, I understand, mm-hmm. like like you do, Pat. Uh, not everybody does, like me and you know, not all 53 guys, not the whole practice squad, not the whole building understands that this guy has to develop for us to contend every year, for us to be a factor in the NFC North every year. So like me and you went through for years trying to find that guy, uh, blindly hoping some of them were that guy, uh, on and on and on. (laughs) We we went through that, right? Oh, man, maybe this guy has it. Man, we're really excited about that guy. But uh, you understand that this kid has to develop, that there's going to be growing pains, that he's going to miss blitzes. Uh, play with a few rookie quarterbacks myself. There's just not things things they're not going to see. They're not going to see stuff early, but you just got to keep getting him out there, keeping his confidence up. Tell him, look, man, get the ball out. Uh, throw with confidence. Uh, uh, try to try to see the blitzes, but you know, hopefully too that the running game protects him a little bit. But I never played with a guy as dynamic as Justin mm-hmm. Fields. By that I mean with his speed and with his athleticism. Yeah, I, I, you know, I think that when we talk about the possibility of like a Cleveland repeat, and I, and I, I'm not predicting that, believe me. But I, I think that the problem is, how are they going to deploy? Well, how do they operate with this offensive line? As simple as that, Olin. When you look at this offensive line, we saw how not to do it in Cleveland. Are they going to make the adjustments? Is the new play caller going to make the adjustment? And again. I just worry about the offensive line more than I even do the kid, although they're connected, obviously. 
Yeah, they, they have to be stubborn, Molly, right? They have to be really stubborn with their game plan. Uh, you know, get to – I think I heard you talking on the radio earlier this week just about uh, get to third and manageable, right? Get to third and five or less. Uh, even if you get to second and eight, run the ball again. Uh, get the kid out of the pocket. Don't get them in third and long like they were in Cleveland. Obviously, you can't go no five-man pass protection, but there shouldn't be a lot of them, which obviously J.P. Holtz and Jesse James and Montgomery being out immediately causes a problem for the Chicago Bears. So you expect to see some backup linemen like Alex Bars trying to play that spot today. So the Bears have an uphill battle, man, on offense today. Uh, already, uh, they don't have a lot of talent. Now their best player, you would you would argue their best player, David Montgomery, is out this week. Uh, they're, they're two or Two out of the top three tight ends are out. I don't call Jimmy Graham a tight end. You can if you mm-hmm. want. Uh, he's out. Uh, uh, JP host Jesse James is out. So uh, how do they protect him? What game plan do they use? It's going to be interesting when you watch today. Damian Williams got to put a lot on his back, run the ball hard. But we all know how you protect offensive linemen. You're going to see the Raiders doing that today. The Raiders have a problem on their offensive line. And Leatherwood moves to right guard, I think, today because they're worried right. about him. So you're going to see them trying to protect their offensive line versus the, the D line that leads the league in sacks. And we already mentioned the idea that the Bears, you know, they had, what, five – they allowed Detroit five trips inside the red zone. Four of them were inside the They were still tired from the Cleveland game. (laughs) (laughs) Played too many minutes. Uh, You can't rely on John Gruden to be Dan Campbell and and kind of uh, uh, make some strange calls and and get maybe overly aggressive too early in the game. I mean, he's used to a team that – comes from behind and and I what do they have five combined points in the first quarter we'll get into that but you, you know points scoring points is huge you've got to be able to score points against these guys and that comes with getting the ball downfield that comes with your play action that comes not as easily for the bears as other teams yeah it's, it's just you know this bears team they, yeah they got to score points and they got to stop the other team as well and they got lucky last week with the the fumbled snap against detroit and then the the uh Sack strip fumble which by uh, Quinn, which was awesome. But Olin, I, I think today's game plan for the Raiders, they're going to do what kind of the Bears did last week. They're going to simplify that game plan and try to run it down their throat. I think with Akeem Hicks out, I think they see a big guy, a big component missing with this defense. They're going to help their offensive line. They're going to put an you know, extra tight end in and just try to run it down their throat. Do you see that as well? I mean, that's, that's, that's the way I see uh, the Raiders attacking the Bears today. Yeah, I, I think that they, they try to run the ball, obviously. And mm-hmm. like you were saying earlier, um, on the the show that Eddie Goldman really struggled last week, yeah. right? He didn't look uh, like the Eddie Goldman we know. I, I heard that this week he said that he wants to improve on last week's performance. That won't be hard. So uh, <laughs> he has to play a lot better. Akeem Hicks, like David Montgomery, is the engine, I think, of that Bears defense, and especially against a team like the Raiders that wants to shove it down your throat, uh, especially today after all their uh, – pass blocking problems last week against the Chargers but you know they have their own problems right Denzel Good and Richie Incognito are out they're two starting guards uh their center uh, the last time the Bears saw him Rodney Hudson uh now plays for the Cardinals so it's a whole new group up front that you're looking at besides Colton Miller there at left tackle and they've been struggling so uh they want to run the ball uh downhill they want to run it down the Bears throat and they're going to challenge them, and we'll see what Sean decides answers are. Because man, uh, I Pat, I know they want to run the ball, and I and I know they want to keep Carr upright. 
But mm-hmm. if you're John Gruden and you see the coverage problems that the Chicago Bears defense has had against in almost every game, and some games late and they've been in control of the game, but uh, you know I'm, I'm gonna try to get Rugs and Waller and and Renfro. I want Renfro on Duke Shelley all day long. So yeah. also even if they don't just use their run game because the inside of their line is not extremely strong, they can use their pass game as an extension of their run game. Right? Hit Kenyon Drake in the flats. Uh, put Renfro out there. I don't even know what they were saying last week when I was watching the Chargers game. Did you guys hear that? They were talking about uh, some route that he's made up. I, I don't yeah. know. Like, you can't cover it. So, uh, right. <laughs> this guy is, is unbelievable. Uh, he looks like studs back there, uh, our producer, but he gets open on the field. Obviously, a lot more talent than his studs. But he looks like him. I mean, he looks like studs, and yet he's, get, and he's getting open in the NFL. It's unbelievable. He is, man. He's just a football player. I mean, yeah. every, if, every, if everybody watched the Monday night game, the play he made on that punt return – that's a football player. That's understanding the situation, understanding you're missing a guy out there on the gunner, and he comes up and makes that play and makes a perfect tackle. Mm-hmm. I mean, it looks like he, uh, you know, he learned that from his little league coach and, and, and has carried it all the way through. But, man, that, that guy is a football player. He is going to be a tough matchup. I, I love watching him play. All right, we're going to head out to Vegas next. You know, the, uh, the Raiders are dealing with a really unique issue in the, uh, in the NFL, um, a, a racist trope tweeted by John Gruden, not tweeted, excuse me, emailed in an exchange with an executive 10 years ago, and we'll talk to the guy that uh, has covered the story, and we'll find out what's going on with uh, the Raiders, with Gruden, and with the team. And we'll do that next here on the pregame show with uh, Olin and Patrick Manley. And Patrick Manley, and uh, we are presented by Bet Rivers, official sports book of the Chicago Bears. And download the Bet Rivers app today. All right, guys, we're uh, we're going to talk some uh, Vegas football here. Um, we're having a little problem getting a hold of our guest, but that doesn't change uh, very much. The fact of the matter is that uh, uh, John Gruden is under serious scrutiny from the NFL after uh, a ten-year-old email that he sent while I believe in Tampa has surfaced. He insulted the NFL uh, PA executive director, Demoris Smith. Uh, This was during CBA talks, again, a decade ago. And in an email to a team executive, he wrote, dumb Boris Smith has lips the size of Michelin tires. Um, He was, um, he apologized this week said that he felt bad about calling Demore Smith a name. He said he didn't recall writing the email, but he did say that um, he has referred to people that he believes to be lying as, and I'm quoting, rubber lips, and that he took it, quote, too far. Um, Gruden said, I don't think he's dumb. I don't think he's a liar. Speaking of Demore Smith, uh, I don't have a racial bone in my body. I've proven that for 58 years. How will those comments and that explanation play in the locker room would be the question. You know, he apparently had a meeting with his team and he tried to explain this. I've never heard, I've never heard the expression rubber lips. I, I'm not, I, I don't know John Gruden and I'm not saying that, uh, that, that it wasn't what he was thinking, but it certainly is awful suspicious. And it certain, certainly seems like he was making a, a racial epitaph toward uh, to Morris Smith, who, by the way, 
was reelected this week. So this this email came out right before um, the Demora Smith reelection, but he was brought back as the uh, as the leader of the NFLPA. How uh, how will this play in the locker room, guys? I mean, I know you know we have a lot of social problems in this country, and they play out in different ways around uh, the the um, certainly this city and around the country. But a locker room is sort of a minor version of what's going on in the world. And there is obviously relationships in different cultures and, and guys from different parts of the world. How will this play with John Gruden saying this? Will this be a, a distraction in terms of this game today? That's a good question. I, I, that, this, is, this is a tough one because I, th- I think this really is about the players' relationship directly with, with John Gruden and how they feel about him. You know, that, this is something that was written 10 years ago. Yes, you can't do that or say that or write it, but um, I, I just don't know if there's a real answer of how, how you're going to deal with this. I, again, I think it's just how, how you deal with your relationship with John Gruden, how maybe he treats you. Um, uh, I, this, this is just a hard one, Molly. I don't, Olin, I don't know about you. I just don't know what it would be like in our locker room if we had a coach say something like that. You know, maybe you, you just rally around each other and, and, and let you know, Coach Gruden deal with it himself. I just, I, this is a really tough one. I really have no idea how to deal with this one. Well, let's bring in Vic Tafer. Olin, hold your thoughts for a second. Uh, Vic is uh, working with The Athletic uh, in Las Vegas covering the Raiders. And, Vic, we're talking about this story with John Gruden. I know you spoke to Gruden. Tell us uh, how this is playing in Las Vegas. Well, I think it's kind of a wait-and-see approach. I think he, he met with the players, you know, um, on Friday. I think we haven't talked to the players yet what, what their reaction was, but uh, my sense is that you know the team is pretty close. It's good leadership. I think the players like Gruden a lot. I think um, if I works in his favor, I think you mentioned the time it was ten years ago. So uh, everyone's waiting to see what the other shoe. What, what happens next? As far as other emails that Mark Davis mentioned, they're going to have an investigation. So I think it's kind of just waiting to see what happens next. Hey Vic, uh, Olin Krutz here. Um, like I would say, eighty percent of the teams in NFL, it seems like nowadays. Uh, the Raiders have questions at their offensive line, especially at, up to a couple key injuries to Denzel Good and Richie Incognito's been out for a while. But uh, what do you expect to see up front today against that Bears defensive line? Who do you expect to see playing? And what kind of game plan do you expect to see to protect them a little bit? Yeah, I think they're going to move uh, the rookie tackle, Alex Leatherwood, to, uh, to guard. I think that um, kind of gives him some breathing space. He's kind of struggled, but also it replaces the main Ella Manor, a guard who they have not been happy with. So I think we'll see Leatherwood at guard and uh, Brandon Parker, who's a veteran guy, coming at right tackle. I'm not sure that's the answer. And Brandon Parker's also struggled at times his career, but at least it does something. It gives him a little uh, sense of a recharge. Maybe you can get like the Leatherwood rocks a little bit. Hey, Vic, what, you know, everybody, what we've been talking about a little bit is the slow start by the Raiders. Why are, why are they getting off to slow starts in games? Well, and John mentioned it last week. Two big things are the pass protection. They've been really, it's really spotty early on. For some reason, the O-line has played better in the second half. They made some adjustments for the young guys have calmed down. But Don also mentioned his play calling. I think that's also been the problem. They're trying to kind of force the run when they have been in these O-line problems. Josh Jacobs has been hurt. Cam Jake's kind of that disappointment. So I think their running game problems have hurt them early on also where they get, you know, kind of, uh, kind of get stuck in a pattern off. So they realize it's third and, third and eight and they're kind of stuck. Um, Gus Bradley is the defensive coordinator now, and 
if there is one signature to his offense, he does not blitz, right? I think they have the lowest number of blitzes in the league, 17 blitzes thus far this season. Is is that going to change with a rookie quarterback? I think so. I think we'll definitely add some more stuff, some more exotic looks, uh, some more blitzes. But basically, Gus is a big believer in, you know, getting pushed with the front four. It would be a nice job this offseason to add a bunch of guys, you know, Gakwe and I think kind of the unsung guys, the guys inside, like Darius Cylon, uh, Jefferson, Solomon Thomas, those guys have been really good. So they have a nice rotation going of eight guys, keep them fresh. And that's been, uh, to me, the biggest reason why the defense is so much better this, this season. Yeah, staying with that defensive line with Max Crosby, Yannick Ngakwe, and Carl Nassib. I hope I said the second name correctly because, man, that's a rough one. But, um, you know, with Rob Marinelli there, a guy we have a ton of respect for here. I know, I know Pat does. I do. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was out here in Chicago for a while. What do those guys say about him and what he brings to that defense and how he's developing those D-linemen? Yeah, I love him. He's got that, you know, that old-school, tough guy mentality. I was barking at him, but uh, he's big on, you know, like we said, in rotation, getting guys fresh. He wants to, I don't care who plays, as long as you make plays. So I think um, and the two guys you mentioned, Packway and Crosby, really kind of um, – Establish themselves as leaders on this team. They kind of taking what Rod and I guess what they want, and kind of taking it in the, for the whole team. So I think they're kind of guys who I'm sure through this whole Gruden thing will play two key roles today as far as leading this team forward. The one thing we also talked about is you know uh, the, the the crowd noise that Justin Fields had in Cleveland and how he struggled with that a little bit. What do you expect it to be like there today? With I'm, I'm guessing there's going to be a, a, quite a bit of uh, Chicago fans there, but what, what's it been like there as far as crowd noise? Yeah, it's in the word. It's kind of like a, kind of like a big nightclub atmosphere. Kind of like it's loud throughout the whole game, no matter what happens. So you know, obviously, there's more Raiders fans, so it'll be louder when they do well. But if the other team scores, there's definitely a louder roar than I've heard in my years in Oakland. So definitely, there's a large presence. People circle this game, and if you're a Bears fan or a Dolphins fan, to come out and go to Vegas. So definitely a big crowd uh, supporting the Bears, and they'll be loud at times. So I think it'll be uh, going to be one of those weird games where it's kind of loud throughout throughout the whole game. When we think of the Raiders and the Bears, we obviously think of Khalil Mack and that big trade. And when the Bears played the Raiders, then Oakland Raiders, in London a couple years ago, it, it was almost as if Gruden had decided that Khalil Mack was not going to be the guy to blow up the game plan. And they hit him literally on every play. They sent an extra body after him on every play. It was so – first play of the game, Richie Incognito – goes running after him and just gratuitously hits him out of nowhere, which, of course, he is known for. But how will they handle Mac in this game? Have they talked at all about that? I know it's, it's, there's been some separation and distance. What are they saying? Yeah, it's going to be a similar approach. I mean, John doesn't want Bill Mack to beat him. I think that's pretty obvious for a lot of reasons why. But like you mentioned, Incognito, he's hurt today. That's a big loss. I think last time they played the, the Bears – a big part of their success is Trent Brown was one of the best, you know, right tackles in the league. And he had a great day that day. He got some help, but also Trent Brown was just a, just a force back then. And I was Trent Brown's long, no longer here. So all of a sudden, now you got a young offensive line that's struggling. Brandon Parker, we mentioned, will have most of the responsibilities at right tackle. So he'll get help from tight ends, but um, also other tight ends is hurt. Derek Carey is out for the year. So definitely a lot less hands on deck to really uh, try and minimize Cole Max. So if he's going to have a big game against them, today will be the day. Yeah, but speaking of hands, though, Vic, I mean, their specialists scare you, right? The Henry Ruggs, uh, Brian Edwards, right? The, the, the tight ends, they are really, really good. Uh, Kenyon Drake, 
good out of the backfield, Waller and all these guys. Uh, what do you expect? To, how do you expect to see John Gruden take advantage of a Bears secondary that has been taken advantage of at some points this year? Yeah, they're going to move the ball around. As you mentioned, they're going to attack uh, certain guys in their secondary. I think um, one of the unsung heroes this year is the Hunter Renfro. He's kind of uh, last year's known as kind of a clutch third down guy, but he's getting a little more touches, more in the red zone. He's a great route runner, really tough guy for his size. I think he'll be a factor again today. I think he's one of five guys in the league who have. 50 yards receiving every week, so I think today he'll also be a, a factor against that secondary. Vic, you min- mentioned uh, some of the injuries for the for the Raiders. What are some of the other big injuries? I think there's a couple DBs that are out as well that maybe the Bears could go after that uh, position a little bit. Yeah, they're losing, they're losing two of the top three cornerbacks. They're missing uh, uh, Trevon Mullen and Damon Arnett, who was you know first-round pick a few years ago. It hasn't really worked out, but still, he was you know a guy who played uh, in nickel spots, so the uh, down two guys in the secondary, that's tough. I think they're counting on a young guy named Amik Robertson, who's a tough kid, but he's undersized. He's like 5'9", five, 5'10". Five, so that could be an area where the Bears attack. Vic, thanks a ton. Great stuff. Just quickly on the way out, as far as Waller is concerned, um, he is, of course, the great-grandson of Fats Waller, the, the jazz music, the great jazz man. Um, have you ever had a conversation with him about that? That just seems like such a weird <laughs> And I know he does a lot of music stuff. Um, does he? Are there like legends through his family, or is it uh, a very minimal connection? Have you ever talked to him about it? No, yeah, I just talked about that a couple of years ago. Definitely, it's a big part of his life. He definitely uh, has, I guess, actually, one of his tattoos is of Fats Waller. So I think he, wow. his dad's home stories, his relatives' home stories. So he definitely is a huge music guy. He likes uh, obviously all of Fats Waller's catalog and. Definitely, I think, a guy who he looks at as a role model and a kind of a motivation to kind of push forward through all the problems he's had over the over the years. Great stuff. Thanks so much, Vic. We appreciate it, buddy. All right, guys. Take care. See you. I, I didn't ask Vic for a pick because I'm guessing he took uh, the Raiders, just given everything <laughs> that's going on in the world. What do I know? <laughs> <laughs> why Why subject ourselves to that when I'm sure we're going to be hearing it from a, uh, some of this panel later on. Uh, all right, we're going to take a quick moment. Uh, I, I just I want to get into this. Uh, I don't want to pick it apart, but I just am interested if this John Gruden story could motivate the Bears in some way. Will there be any players that look at this and say, you know, I can't believe this happened. We got to go after this guy. Does it does it matter in any way? Is this a complete non-story in terms of this game that's being played today from a comment made 10 years ago? It is, uh, it is the pregame show. We are uh, here on 670 The Score. It is the pregame show with Molly and Olin Fruits. Patrick Manley, presented by Bet Rivers, official sports book of the Chicago Bears. Download the Bet Rivers app today. Guys, I don't want to turn the show into talking about John Gruden's issues, but I'm very curious. As players, do you recognize when something is going on with another team? As players, are you well aware of everything that is happening around the NFL? And if there's a uh, a joke to be made about uh, – of Jacksonville, somebody will make it. I mean, how how does that how does that happen in the locker room? Well, first of all, Molly, that the kids who train in my gym, high school kids, would say you got a lot of drip on today on this Zoom uh, with that with the White Sox outfit you got going on there, man. That is <laughs> <laughs> that's a major swag. I, I'm trying to use all the words they use. I'm, I'm a little old for that, but um, look, yeah, you're you're hoping that it affects them if you're the Chicago Bears, right? And if that pisses you off. 
uh, please use it against John Gruden and the Raiders. You know what I mean? So uh, it's hard, I think, for me to give my perspective on. It's like if I asked you how you guys felt about people talking about the, the Hawaiian culture. You know, I would expect you guys to react the same way I would react to someone saying something about about my culture. And, and so I don't know how they feel about it in the locker room. I will say this. A lot of guys walk the line in the locker room from my era. A lot of things are said in there that, gosh, I hope don't come back to haunt me, Pat, because, uh, you know, I don't know. There's a lot of things said back and forth that can be taken the wrong way in a locker room. I think a lot of football players understand that. Obviously, we're in a different time now. If it affect, I can't tell you how to feel about someone saying something that you feel is racist against you. So if that does bug you, if it does become a problem, it's an issue John Gruden does have to deal with. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that. And that's just, I, to me, it's a, it's a, like you kind of said there, it's a personal situation, you know, how you deal with it individually. Um, I, don't, I don't think the whole team right now uh, it's probably come together yet or has a, you know, they, Vic said they hadn't talked yet with the players, so he doesn't know what they're saying. But Olin, like you said, if you're going to use it, if, you, if you're going to get upset, use it for good, right? Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. figure it out and work it out with John Gruden later on. But to, to answer your other question, Molly, do, do locker rooms talk about this stuff? Do locker rooms talk about other teams and things going on, like what's going on with the Jaguars? For sure. That's what you do when you're in the hot tub or cold tub or sitting in the training room, eating lunch. You're always sitting there talking about everything else. So you're just more happy that it's not your locker room <laughs> that's right. going on. But uh, yeah, you definitely talk about it. It's discussed. And um, you just hope that that stuff does not happen in your locker room to, to cause a distraction because you're, you're there to win games. You're there to play. You're there to uh, to do your job. And it's unfortunate when things like that happen. But um, uh, it just, yeah. So guys do talk about it for sure. Yeah, look, you, you don't want to beat around this too much, right, Pat? You want to walk in there mm-hmm. and you want to say, like, does this bug you, right? And, and if it does... Uh, let's talk about it and tell me why it bugs you and, and how it offends you. And and then John Gruden has to address what he meant by that. But like Molly said, man, uh, first of all, I don't know, like where did this email show up from all of a sudden? Who released this email that was sent between guys? Because if people start sending things I say about Molly uh, behind his back, <laughs> but I only talk about Molly behind his back. So if people are in my text, yeah, right Pat starts sending that text, uh, me and Molly are not going to be friends anymore. Well, your fear of me would prevent you from confronting me. That makes sense. That's exactly right. I that didn't exactly grow up right. in some island paradise, Olin. I'm from the south side, which is why I'm wearing some gear. So I'm glad I, we got that straight. I'm glad we got that straight. I, I was sweating while you were saying that. I'm glad we got that. I'm, I can see. I'm glad we got that settled, man. Oh, my God. Help us. Yeah, I, I do. I still live in fear of you, Owen. I don't know why. And you've never been mean to me, but I've heard stories. At any rate, um, let's talk about the game a little bit. And I mentioned this to Pat earlier, Olin, before mm-hmm. you, you were here, which is that Matt Nagy had one of the most bizarre weeks I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. I, it was, I mean, it was bizarre because it was so contradictory. It started with a victory. Wow, isn't that great? Aren't we happy we won? Wait a minute. I, I, I don't want to talk about the play calls. It all goes through me, and don't ever mention it again. And then you get into, um, okay, Andy is our QB1. When he's healthy, he's ready to go. Then you get to Wednesday. Andy's healthy. But guess what? Justin Fields is our quarterback. I, and then Bigsy wrote a story, which I got to tell you. I, I mean, it was a fairly positive story. But when you really read it, it's about a guy going into the locker room and calling the players together and saying, hey, uh, what do you want to run? I thought we'd Mm -hmm. run this, but that didn't work too well. It just is 
it's it's so bizarre to me. I mean, I guess it's like a like me type thing, and we all want to be liked and well loved. But mm-hmm. I, I don't think I understand the kind of up and down nature of this week. Wouldn't you prefer a little straight line, a little North Star, not this kind of shooting <laughs> comet stuff? <laughs> I, one thing I, I will I, one day I'm going to see Coach Nagy somewhere. Uh, we actually belong to the same golf club, and I'm going to thank him because he brought so much joy to the Crutes household. You know, everything that happened this week was, you know, you take the, you may be taking the garbage out, but you know that's because of me. Everything runs. So that went on all week in my house. All the kids were saying it. Every, he, brought, he brought us, uh, and maybe, you know, give him some credit. Maybe that's what he was trying to do. He was trying to entertain all of us. Uh, at least you hope so because um, he didn't look very like a confident leader up there this week speaking right and that started immediately after the game and you start to worry about uh what the hell is this guy saying why why won't he just say uh even chuck pagano came out and uh on the podcast um what's the punter's name pat you would know him pat mcafee, pat pat McAfee. McAfee. the yeah. pun another punter another special guy became a legend i'm just shocked by all this anyway do you want to hear chuck yeah. pagano yeah. i believe you me a legend? yes you are a legend we all well, you that. are pat. you <laughs> are pat mind. you're the longest serving bear for god's sake <laughs> Let's uh, let's hear from uh, Chuck. Yeah, studs, whenever you're done eating, hit us with that. Going back to the presser, Pat. I mean, all he had to do is get up there and say, "Hey, look, Bill did a great job. Fields did a great job. Defense was outstanding. Turnovers. End of discussion." You know, Tino always taught me, "Less is more." <laughs> Shut up. You talk too damn much, Chuck. So, less is more. Just leave it at that. And then, you know, I think the court of public opinion. I think the fans. Um, I'm sure there's people in that organization are saying, hey, this kid's our future. Why are we going to delay this any longer? You know, we know what Andy is. He's great in that road. He can become, you know, the next clipboard Jesus, if you will, and, and be the backup. And, you know, let this kid, you know, get these, these snaps under his belt instead of waiting, going back and forth, back and forth, you know. So I don't, one way or another, I know the locker room uh, and everybody in that, in that city and that organization is probably fired up that Fields is going to be out there still. Yeah, so there you go. That's Chuck Pagano, and he was uh, he retired last year. I'm using air quotes because I'm not sure if it was his idea theirs, but he it, he did retire. And Tina is his wife, and that was oh. from the Pat McAfee show. Gotcha. Yeah, and see, and it's just what he's saying there is exactly right, right? You just mm-hmm. you just sit up there and you say, uh, "Laser called a great game." Um, you know, Fields did well, and, and then it's over. But what we watch. Uh, was crazy, and, and then he went up there and it continued during the week, you know, and it was just uh, he was trying to give an answer to, to something that, that there was no answer to because the only answer is, look, I, I want more credit than you're trying to give me here. But, look, uh, you can't create the monster, right, the media. I'm talking about the media in Chicago who I'm a part of. You can't create the monster and then be shocked when the monster shows up. When this guy came, he talked a lot from the beginning. Everybody kept saying, wow, this is so refreshing from the John Fox era. John Fox said nothing, but this head coach, he is so refreshing how much he talks. Well, now you're getting the refreshment right in your face. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I think it just shows his true colors, man. It got to him. He, he got rattled with all the media coverage like you're talking about that mm-hmm. people are ripping on him, saying he's not good enough. This is, the, you know, this thing's going on. This thing's going on. What are you doing? And my thing, Owen, about a coach is it, for, from a player to a coach, you don't need to be liked. You just need to be respected. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I had some coaches I didn't like. Mike Sweatman I didn't like, but I respect the heck out of him. He was hard on me. And I feel like now some, he might have lost some respect with some mm-hmm. of the guys in the locker room with the way he was talking. 
Yeah, and going back to what Molly talked about, right, Pat, because you're exactly right. Uh, when you ask players what plays they want to run, I 100% guarantee you they leave the room and, and talk to themselves and say, man, I, I got to do my job. You have to do yours, right. Right? right? There's so many guys in this building that have the title of coach. Uh, you know, I don't – on the offensive staff alone, they probably have 10 or 11 guys in that building who can help game plan. Now all of a sudden – you're asking me what plays do I like, and I can see Pat and, and Molly if you're going to one or two guys that you think are, are that can help you with that because there are certain guys when they come on the sideline they say I saw the cornerback move over, I saw the linebacker, I saw this blitz come, and they're right. And then there's a lot of guys you play with, and Pat knows this will tell you a hundred things happen on the football field, and you see none of that on the film. I promise you, you don't want to ask those guys what plays to run. No, you don't. And Olin, how many times, because obviously you were one of the players, but how many times did so Martz, Tice, Bron Turner, whoever come to you and say, hey, man, what do you see? What do you like this week? You know, some of these guys would talk to, like you said, Pat, they would talk to certain guys a lot, mm-hmm. right? But um, what do you like? What do you think about this nose guard, about this play? But uh, as far as what plays, what specific plays do you like – uh, before the game, they would ask you definitely, you know, second quarter, what do you think about this versus that front, what they're trying to do to us out there, are they running games, uh, where's the nose guard lineup, has he tightened down on power, there's just so many things that happen in the game that the coaches can't really see and or feel, but as far as, far as designing a game plan during the week and asking players, um, maybe having a, a meeting about it, if they did have an offensive meeting about it, uh, maybe the first time I've ever heard of that. Yeah, that, that just again, you lose respect in a coach. That's that's so. Just an example. Uh, my last year, Lance Briggs, you know, uh, Mel Tucker's running the old cover two defense. He's writing practice cards for the linebacker coach to help him get through his practice to understand what he's doing. When I saw that, I'm like, whoa, that's, that's lost respect for the coach. That he's 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 overmatched. He shouldn't be here. And that kind of equates to what we're seeing now. If you're asking players what they want run, I just I just you've lost me. Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's something. Yeah. I, I, you know, we've seen some wacky coaching things here. You know, the, the Mark Tressman era will, will forever stand as, as I mean, that, that deteriorated into a weird kind of strange, like old comedy of manners, the door slams and someone says something and there's an aside to the crowd. It was just so surreal. Mm-hmm. But that I, when I, when I heard that, I thought, that's almost an abdication of responsibility. That's like surrendering what yes. you're supposed to be doing. And I, and I know he did that when he gave up play calling, but it's just super weird to, to ask the players. You can ask them what went wrong. You can talk about different things, but to ask them what they want, I would imagine get the ball to me would be, you know, some of the <laughs> skill position responses. Uh, I, you know, I don't know that that would help, frankly. Yeah, we'll see as this year goes on, right, Pat and Mully, because – uh, we've had questions on this show about about that offensive coaching staff that they have hired, that those guys in that building, uh, are they good enough? Is this offensive staff good enough to make adjustments, to go out through the whole year, play good teams? He, he did give a play calling, but you know he gave a play calling to a guy who has the offensive coordinator title, right? So it's not that it's not as big as a deal as Coach Nagy made it out to be. For whatever reason, it bothered him more than it bothered any of us. But when you start calling in players and saying, "Okay, we're gonna have this team meeting, right?" and I'm gonna ask everybody in the room. I mean, I, I, what is the practice squad offensive lineman thinking 
when, when a coach asks him what run plays we should run, right? Like, uh, it's it's like the strength coach. You walk in the weight room and a strength coach says, well, uh, what, what exercises do you want? What exercises do you think we should be doing, right? That's, that's, that's crazy to me. Are you walking to a history class and a history professor saying, well, what should I teach today? Well, that's just insanity. All right. We've got to talk about the running back position. Specifically, David Montgomery is now going to miss – a month, maybe more. He was put on the uh, injured uh, uh, reserve, so he is out three weeks for certain, but uh, the injury reportedly at least a month. We'll get uh, more information, obviously, moving forward. But uh, but we're going to bring in Matt Forte to the conversation. We'll catch up with a Bears running back who was the heart and soul of his team and uh, and ask him what, uh, what goes on within a team when you are the uh, star running back. We'll do that next here on the pregame show. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 